You're listening to episode number 20 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about why we struggle so much with failure, but why it's really not a problem at all. I'm master at life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hi, welcome back to another episode. So it is a cloudy, kind of gloomy, rainy day here in North Carolina, but it's the perfect day to be sitting in my office and recording podcasts and (laughs) creating content, journaling all the things. And so this comes from my own journaling. And I've had some clients going through this recently. I feel like I'm constantly learning and reminding myself of this topic of failure. So before we dive into that, I want to remind you about the upcoming workshop in October called Savor the Holidays. And this is all about how do we lose weight eating the foods we love even during the holidays. So you can go to bodyyoucrave.com forward slash holidays and get all the details there. It's happening Wednesday, October 20th, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. If you can't make it live, there will be a replay. But this is where we're really going to dive into how do we learn how to eat foods that we enjoy, eat foods that we love without spending all day trying to count and track calories, macros, points. We're going to dive into the number one reason why you struggle to keep the weight off despite your best intentions. And the most important step that's going to help you break your emotional eating habit. Now, within this, I love to dive into how to apply the neuroscience and the research and development that we've learned about our brains to our weight loss process so that we can work with our psychology instead of against it. So it's how do we make this easier on ourselves? And it does not come from having a list of eat this, not that. It's not a list of approved foods or I can eat this or I'm only allowed to eat that or I can't have that or I need to pick off the breading or dust off the whatever. We have a lot of thoughts and ideas about what's good, what's bad, what's healthy, what's not healthy. And a lot of times through the holidays, we end up saying, screw it. Screw it. I'll start again next year. Screw it. I don't want to miss out on my favorite holidays, parties, traditions, family, friends. And so we end up throwing away the year instead of looking at how do we enjoy this time and still maintain our healthy goals and habits? How do I still lose weight if that's something that you want to do? So Again, bodyyoucrave.com forward slash holidays. You can get all the details and sign up there. And with Halloween coming up, y'all, learn how to manage your mind, how to manage your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, especially as the kids are going to be everywhere with candy. If it's not already all over your house, in the office, at the dentist, you know, in all these different places, everyone's got little candy bowls out. We need to learn how to manage our thoughts about it. So today we are talking about failure. And I have seen this meme or quote that says, failure is something that all successful people do. And I think there's some peace and comfort in that. But if failure is something that all successful people do, why do we still struggle with it so much? Why is failure still such a problem? Why do we have such a hard time with it? And this comes from myself and all my fellow recovering perfectionists out there of A lot of times as a perfectionist, we're really afraid of failure. And so as I was speaking at a conference a couple weeks ago, this was one of the topics. One of the mindset pieces was really talking about the fear of failure and how this can really hold us back. And it's so interesting, right? Because 
the fear of failure is ultimately we think that we're going to do everything that we should be. We're going to put it all out there. We're going to go after it. We're going to get our hopes up only for it to crash and burn. We're going to do all the things. We're going to take the time. We're going to buy the equipment. We're going to invest in the trainer. We're going to do the nutrition. We're going to read the books. We're going to do the things. And we're not going to achieve the result that we want. And this often can plague us for years when we build up this kind of failure intolerance. And we have these failures that have built over the years. We stop trusting ourselves to try something new or to try it again. And so we get so attached to the outcome. We get so attached to the number on the scale and what we're making it mean about ourselves instead of looking at how we're going to feel about ourselves all throughout the process. So for the purpose of today, it's any time that we set a goal and you don't achieve it. So it might be you had a goal to lose 20 pounds and you didn't lose anything. Or maybe you wanted to lose five more pounds and you ended up gaining 10. Or maybe your goal was to not drink wine for a week and you gave in after three days. Those are going to be the things that we're going to see as failure. A lot of times when I hear clients speak of this, it's, well, I tried and it didn't work out. I went for this and it didn't work. Some people will think I failed as I wanted to lose five pounds, but I only lost two. And so I don't feel good about that. That was a fail. And I want to really dig into the word failure, because this can be very triggering for many of us. So a lot of times what happens is that we won't set goals so that we don't have to fail, so that we can avoid failure. So we try to avoid failing by avoiding the goal. And ultimately, we are wanting to avoid a feeling. We often in the past have dealt with failure, with shame, guilt, frustration, anger, self-loathing. And so the real problem is that you don't know how to talk to yourself after you fail. That's the real issue at play here. Because somewhere along the lines, we learned that if we were enough of an asshole to ourselves, we'd get it together, we'd hit our goals, we'd be on track, and we would be doing all the things. We would achieve what we wanted. And that's never how this works. But we often think we have to be this crazy drill instructor that verbally beats ourselves down all the time in order to get ourselves to figure it out. And so the only way that it's safe for you to show up and to try is if it's safe for you to fail. Because if it is not safe to fail, and it's not safe if you typically have met failure with negative talk, with self-criticism, with self-loathing, with judgment, shame, guilt, fear, frustration, When that's how you have met failure in the past, it's now not safe. Your habit brain is trying to protect you, right? It wants to seek pleasure and avoid pain via the path of least resistance. And it wants to avoid any type of real or perceived pain, mental, emotional, physical. So your brain is simply trying to protect you and wants to save you from all of that negative talk, that negative beat town that you're going to give yourself. That's why it wants to keep you from even trying. It doesn't even want you to go for it. And it's going to spit out all of the reasons and excuses and justifications as to why you shouldn't, why you're just the way you are. This isn't going to work for you. I just wanted to try and provide a reframe. We have to be okay with it. So we have to change what it means, what it means for us to fail, what we're making that failure mean about ourselves, about our ability to lose weight about our ability to be loved or wanted or desirable, we have to define and start to decide what is a failure? What does it mean to fail? And so it depends on the situation. Some people would lose five pounds instead of 10 in a month and see that as a failure. 
Other people would lose five pounds in a month and feel like, hell yeah, I just hit the jackpot. This is amazing. So we want to recognize that we are in charge and we get to decide what is a failure and what's not. And that's really important because we could also decide that we never fail. There's this idea that I'm either succeeding or I'm learning. I'm never failing. And for some of us, that might feel like hard to hold on to or hard to agree with. But it's just another way to look at it. But you get to decide what's failure. So growing up, I remember there were some times where I didn't hit a goal, but I wasn't that concerned about it because honestly, I didn't care that much. It wasn't a failure in my mind. So there was a time I went out for a travel soccer league and I had been playing with them for a few years. Then I went to retry out again and I didn't make the team. And I think my parents were more heartbroken over it than I was, or maybe they were just unsure at how I was going to take it. I really didn't care that much. I was doing gymnastics. I was cheerleading. I was running track. I had these other sports that I was playing and I was totally fine. It was not a failure whatsoever. In college, I got a C in computer science. I don't know how. I thought I knew this. Like, I thought I knew all the stuff. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't. But again, it was one of those classes where I really don't care that much. <laughs> like, this is fun, but not really that interested in this. Don't really care that I get a, that I get a C. Other things, though, I care deeply about. So not finding a job after college. I felt like a massive failure. I had so much shame and judgment around it for years and years. There was this like cloak of shame that I would just wear feeling like this was the biggest failure of my life was that I went to college. I did the right thing. I got the grades. I took out the loans and then I couldn't find a job. And so graduating in 2008, when the economy was on the brink of (laughs) this great recession, which I didn't even hear that term for years. Like I didn't realize that like it was impacting so many other people, but it felt like it was all me. So I had a lot of emotions around that and feeling like there's something wrong with me. I'm such a loser. I'm totally failing at life. Why can't I get it together? And when I look back now, I can also see that was the perfect position for me to be in. I had to be there where I was not getting a job in the States in order to move to Bangladesh and start a bakery and eventually meet my husband. So I believe that sometimes God like knows what's required of us and what it's going to require for us to move in a certain direction. And I've seen this in how he's worked in other ways in our lives to where it's that was the last resort, but it was absolutely where we needed to be. But for the longest time, I didn't tell that story. I didn't look at it from this lens of, oh, wow, had I had almost any other job, I wouldn't have gone. In fact, for a while, I did. I had a couple other jobs. I worked at the mall for Abercrombie. I I was a personal trainer and group fitness instructor. And then it was like these doors started to close and I felt, okay, well, Bangladesh is the only one that's open. I guess I'll go there. Not realizing all that God had in store for me there. But again, I have to change the story. It wasn't that I failed. That was the big sticking point for me for a long time. And I had to really change the way that I thought about it. And then it's also come up with food and body. Trying to stick with a rigid diet and lose weight, excessively exercise, and then to not see any movement on the scale was unfathomable. I can't even bring the words of like day after day, just trying to eat less and exercise more and skip the carbs and eat more protein and run 
my little booty off, like trying to run and walk. And then when I couldn't run and I was injured, then I'd be in the on the elliptical for at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half to the point where people would be timing me, asking me to get off when I was going to be done, like obsessively exercising and still no movement on the scale. That felt like a failure. This isn't working. Something's wrong with me. I just need to try harder. I'll do better tomorrow. Tomorrow I won't eat carbs. Tomorrow I won't have anything sweet. Today is going to be the day. Today I'm going to figure it out. And so we want to start to look at what have we been telling ourselves have been failures in life. I'm going to talk about weight loss in particular with this, but it's really important that we do this in all areas, as with my little jaunt down memory lane. (laughs) So for you, maybe your big failure has been growing up overweight and feeling like you were never thin enough. You were never pretty enough. You were never successful at losing weight. Maybe you've tried for years or decades, but you start to feel hopeless, right? Maybe you think it's just not in the cards for you. Or maybe you're the type of woman who has lost weight. You've lost 30, 40, 50 pounds, but you've gained it back again. And so while you were once a role model for others and people complimented you constantly on how good you looked and how amazing you were doing, now you feel embarrassed for anyone to see you and you feel so ashamed that you've gained the weight back. And you wonder, what are people thinking of you now? Maybe you lost 20 pounds, but you feel totally stuck and the scale just won't budge. Maybe you feel like you've hit this block, this plateau that just seems to be never ending. Maybe you're maintaining your weight, but you really want to lose that last five to 10 pounds, but you feel stuck and seesawing back and forth between these last few pounds here. So the word failure can be triggering because it brings up a lot of emotions for us. And one of the problems is that we internalize the failure. So like I mentioned earlier, it's I am a failure instead of I failed or I didn't hit my goal. And ultimately, we want to look at what you're making this failure mean about you. So maybe for the month of September, that's your circumstance. Lost zero pounds in September. That comes along with a lot of thoughts. Thoughts, I'll never hit my goal. I'll never figure this out. This is impossible. Who am I to think I can do this? I'm doomed to struggle. I just don't have the right genetics, the right hormones, the right age, the right metabolism. And ultimately, what we end up feeling when we look at this and we internalize this failure is often unworthy, unlovable, unsuccessful. We're not good enough, not thin enough, not pretty enough. This idea of not enoughness. And I mentioned before that this is always the the core issue of what I tend to struggle with is not enough. That these accomplishments, hitting these goals, looking this way, now I'm going to be enough. And so in our mind, often there's a difference between failure and mistakes. Failure feels a lot weightier. It's bigger. It's heavier. And it's often around things that we really care about or it's where we're really invested or we're trying to prove ourselves. So back to this, I'm trying to prove that I am good enough. And so when now I fail in an area that I am really trying to prove that I am good enough, it hurts all the more. I really struggled with failing as it related to weight loss because that was a big part of how I defined myself, of how I found value or worth, about how I thought I was enough, about how I was deriving it. I was trying to prove myself through my body size, weight, shape probably looking for some attention too, right? Like looking for attention, looking for love. And every time I failed, every time I didn't lose weight, my inner critic would just run wild telling me how I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty. I wasn't attractive. I wasn't wanted or I was unwanted. 
because I didn't look the right way. And this idea of being unwanted, I realized through some of my own personal life and business and mindset coaching was this was a thought that stemmed from the way that I grew up and not having my biological father in the picture. And so I grew up with my mom and my stepdad. But for all intents and purposes, stepdad is my dad. That's who I grew up with. That's who I call dad. So just to share this story, we're going to talk about bio dad. <laughs> so that's my biological father. Did not grow up with him and didn't even meet him until I was 28 or 29. I think we started talking when I was maybe 28, but it was a long time. And I told myself I had this story that I must be unwanted, that he wanted nothing to do with me. And it came from the fact that I was young, trying to make sense of the world. I had a different last name than the rest of my family. I knew that I was different somehow. I'd heard his name, never seen a picture. I didn't want to make my dad feel bad by asking about him or talking about him. So I never really felt comfortable. I didn't want my dad to get bad at me for asking about the biological dad or that things would get worse because we did have a fairly tense relationship growing up. But there were all of these reasons as to why I felt like I couldn't talk about it, I couldn't ask about it, or I shouldn't. And so I was just trying to figure things out. And the fact that he wasn't in my life, I made that mean I must be unwanted. I must be a burden. And again, this was just my little six, seven, eight-year-old brain trying to make sense of the world. And my parents were doing the best that they could, but I still came away with this feeling of he wanted nothing to do with me. And there was a lot of anger, pain, hurt that went unaddressed for decades, for a really long time. And so when I look back and I think about this struggle of being thin enough, pretty enough, being attractive, it was meeting this deeper issue, this deeper root feeling of being wanted. Even though I had evidence that I was wanted by my mom and my stepdad, I had evidence that I was wanted by my parents, but my brain is often going to focus on keeping me safe. What it focuses on, it'll see more of. What you go looking for and searching for, you will find. And so my brain just wasn't attuned to be searching for the right things. I just didn't know. And so what I learned was that you, if you keep trying to prove that you are enough with your body and you put so much pressure on yourself to try and prove that you are good enough, that you are pretty enough. And then when you get there, let's say you do lose the weight. Now you are terrified of gaining it back because everything that you want in life feels like it's resting on this. So we become terrified around food, terrified to skip a day of exercise or to change what we've done. I remember talking with a lady who lost 50 pounds, but she did it eating a very rigid diet. And so she stopped going out with her girlfriends. She stopped date nights. She stopped eating out. She was truly afraid because she did not want to go back to that past version of herself who was overweight. And she didn't know how to separate the, the thoughts and feelings and emotions. And she wrapped it all up in her weight. And I know there are many of us that do the same thing. We've got to be careful that we don't try to seek our enoughness in our body and in our accomplishments because once you feel good in your body, well, now there's this other thing over here. Now it's your job. Now it's your marriage. Now it's your kids. Now it's these other things in your life that are going to make you enough, right? And that goalpost is constantly moving. So you're still never enough. We still wrestle with this all the time because we never learned how to change the way we think about ourselves right now. That's the big issue. 
in order to deal with failure, in order to handle failure better, we have to change the way that we talk to ourselves when we fail. I put a lot of pressure on myself to lose weight, to have the right body shape because I made it mean that, well, when I lose the weight, then I'll be more attractive. Then people will be nicer to me. Then I'll be seen as worthy and valuable. Then I will be able to think and feel things about myself that I desperately want, that I desperately desire. And it makes it really hard to trust yourself or to bet on yourself to go after those big dreams because if you don't hit that goal, you'll be back in that pit of shame the depression, the disappointment. That's why we we get stuck not setting goals to begin with because we're afraid of the self-talk if we don't hit them. And so rather than learning to change the way we talk to ourselves, we try to take the easy way out and we avoid the goal altogether. Just like we try to avoid the scale. Rather than learning how to talk differently about ourselves, regardless of what the scale does, we just decide I'm just not gonna weigh myself. We've got to learn how to change this conversation. You're not going to risk failure because it's not just about the failure. It's about that internal beatdown that comes with it when you do fail. So one of the, the the challenges I've noticed lately is that we have such a problem with failure because we think that failure is taking us in the wrong direction instead of helping you get closer to your goal. And this is a mind shift. This is a big like mind explosion that failure can actually be on the path getting you closer and closer to achieving the result that you want. It sounds counterintuitive. I totally get it. Because the real issue is we haven't learned how to assess when we fail. We just sit in our shame and diaper and shitty thoughts about ourselves. We don't do anything with it. We've got to learn how to assess from a place of self-love, not self-judgment. And we just haven't learned how to talk to ourselves. Again, we have this misguided thought that we just have to be a jackass to ourselves and then we'll get it together. And it never works. Because if it did, you would have already lost the weight and you would be keeping it off and you'd be bouncing around doing your thing. The shame, the judgment, the guilt, the self-loathing, it does not create the results you want. It does not fix anything. That is optional. And quite frankly, it is unnecessary suffering. It is extra suffering you are choosing to put on yourself rather than choosing to think differently about this failure. So we have to stop beating ourselves up for past failures or simply results that we got in the past that we didn't want or we didn't like that's not going to help you move forward. Stop beating yourself up, stop dwelling on it, and start assessing. Start looking at what is the value here. What did I learn from this? How am I going to do things differently moving forward? We are so quick to make failure and disappointment and frustration wrong. We're so quick to make it mean that something has gone terribly wrong, right? Well, this was working and now it's not. Everything is out the window. But the truth is it's totally normal. It's completely normal that in this process, in this journey, there will be failure and disappointment and frustration. There may be tears. There's going to be all kinds of things. And it's totally normal. This is part of the process. So most people will make failure and disappointment mean that they're not meant to lose weight, that they can't lose weight, that they're never going to be successful. But when we peel back this curtain, we start to realize that every successful person who has lost weight or been able to keep it off has failed far more than we realize. They felt the disappointment, the anger, and the frustration too. The key difference is they didn't let that failure stop them or hold them back from figuring out for themselves how to make this work. They didn't let one bad weigh-in derail a month of progress. 
They didn't let the calendar or the timeline they put on themselves slow them down, even if it took twice as long as they hoped. They looked out for their thoughts, for when they thought this isn't good enough, this isn't happening fast enough, I should be this size by now, I should have lost more weight. Everything will shift for you when you realize that failure is part of the process. Failure moves you closer to your goal. Failure is what allows you to get out there and try. Because again, if it's not safe to fail, you will never try. The only way that it ever becomes safe is if we change the way we think about failure. This is how we build resiliency. It's not like in school where we just have to study and memorize facts, follow a formula or a specific outline. In school, we are taught that failure is bad. It's horrible. It's terrible. It's something you want to avoid and you were bad if you failed. This is not school. We've got to look at there will be failures. And we've got to just start to change that conversation that we have about them, about ourselves. So what if failure was actually how you succeeded in weight loss? What if success required disappointment along the way as you figure things out? Are you willing to experience that? Are you willing to experiment and to try this? Are you willing to fail and to feel disappointed so that you can ultimately create the body and life that you crave? Because I guarantee if you are willing to do this, then you can succeed. And here's how I can help. I've opened up my calendar over the next couple of weeks for an all new and completely free Get Unstuck session. So in it, we'll spend 45 minutes diving into the number one obstacle keeping you from creating the body and life you crave. And then I'll show you exactly how to solve it. Because this is my zone of genius. I can see the high-level vision of where you want to go, which puts me in a unique position to be able to see what's truly standing in your way and how to move through it. I can help you spot the thoughts and the stories that are holding you back and keeping you stuck. We're not going to sugarcoat things. We're just going to get clear on what's truly going on and how do we create a simple, easy, doable plan that you can do for the rest of your life without hating your life. All right, you ready to get unstuck? I'll show you how. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.